Welcome to this pop-up podcast series, Magic and Mayhem, Discover the Secrets to Creating Magnificent Books for Kids and Teens. Magic and Mayhem is a free podcast and ebook series brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre. If you're interested in writing for kids and teens, join us on a journey that's set to inspire and enhance your own writing skills. Download your free Magic and Mayhem ebook at magicandmayhem.com.au. I'm Valerie Koo, I'm founder of the Australian Writers' Centre, and through this series we've brought you picture book authors, chapter book authors, we're currently going through middle grade authors, and we're going to be bringing you young adult authors as well. And you'll hear from publishers in the children's writing industry so that you'll get a great overview of what you need to know in order to write your own book for kids or teens. In this episode, we're talking to Alexa Moses. Alexa is a journalist, screenwriter, and children's author. Her Jenna Bookalil Brown series is about an Australian teenager who winds up back in ancient Egypt. And Alexa's first picture book, Bat vs. Poss, comes out in January 2019. When she's not writing fiction, Alexa writes for kids' TV. As she tells Alison Tate from the Australian Writers' Centre in this interview, those screenwriting skills have translated well into children's fiction, particularly when it comes to plot and action. And if you're going to write for kids, something has to happen on every page. The big difference is that as a novelist, Alexa is writing alone instead of collaborating with other writers and producers. But this doesn't seem to have bothered her, as she says. It's just a different way of writing. Let's listen to Alexa. Alexa Moses is a journalist, novelist and screenwriter for children's television. Her new novel for tweens, Talk Like an Ancient Egyptian, is the second in her series about Jenna Booker-Little-Brown, an Australian exchange student who finds herself in ancient Egypt. So hello Alexa and thank you so much for talking to us today. Hi Alison, thank you so much for having me. Alright, so exchange students and ancient Egypt, Like, was this one of those ideas that just came to you out of the blue? Like, hello, I need to write this book? Not really, I was in Europe for the first time in my 20s and I remember in an evening the sun was setting and I was one of the last people in a very famous very famous museum which is over the Capitoline Hill where the Forum is the Roman Forum and I sort of walked onto the balcony looked out and saw in the dusk all the ruins of the Roman Forum which is where the city used to be the, you know the, the, yeah. the heart of the city it's like going to Pitt Street Mall in Sydney I suppose <laughs> And um, there was a meow next to me and I jumped and I was by myself and there was a cat. I'm thinking, in Rome there's a lot of street cats wandering around. And I, for a second, thought that I could go back in time. I really, truly believed for about 30 seconds that I could transport myself back to the Roman Empire. Wow. And then I thought, oh, Rome, you know, I've read a lot about Rome. What about Egypt? I don't know much about Egypt. So I started transporting the story to a different time, I guess. Okay, so this is a, this is a story idea that you've had for quite a while. Yeah, I had it since I was in my twenties, just in the back of my head. You yeah. know, nothing I'd actually worked on seriously. And then I started reading about Egypt when I had my first child, and I was, you know, in the throes of staying up all night and and listening to lectures about Egypt. And I got sort of hooked on Egypt. Okay, so how long ago was that? Like, when did you sort of start seriously getting into this? Oh, probably five years ago. Okay, all right. So there's a lot of history, you know, in this. Um, how much research was involved, and and how did you stop yourself from blurting out everything you knew and sounding like a textbook? Because that's often a problem like when you know a lot you don't necessarily have to put every single thing that you know in the book am I right you're right I don't know a lot I think that's part of the <laughs> <laughs> no I do do a lot of research but um 
I think when you're writing a story, you let the story take you. The research is just background. It's stuff that I read because I was interested in it. I don't think, you know, nobody wants to know all the details. I just told the story and then when there were gaps, I went back and extra research to fill them in. So although I love Egypt, you know, a lot of it wasn't relevant. I didn't expect it to be and I, I'm quite a plotter. I plot my stories. Right. Like, I'm a television writer too, it's the same thing. I plot my stories. So by the time I sit down to write, I know I'm not going to be padding it with research. Okay. So, so why did you write it for tweens? Like what made you decide that was the right market for this story? I don't know. That's a good question. I think um, I wanted a 12 to 13 year old. I think it's a brash, difficult, innocent, lovely, you know, terrible age. Yep. And uh, I just thought that's where it fitted. It's a, that's a really good question. I couldn't imagine a 10 year old going on an exchange by themselves. No, 15 year old, it's a little bit. That's a little bit more emotionally complicated. I want an adventure story, so I thought 12 to 13 was a sweet spot. Okay. So what what do you like most about it? Like, what did you enjoy most about writing? You know this series. What what are you liking? Is it the humour? Is it the as you say the age? That sort of innocence and brashness that you, that you get. What what is it that you like most? Yes, it is. It's it's kind of the age and the character. It's that she's such. I love being able to set something in ancient Egypt, which people think is very po faced, you know, and very serious about death and you know very religious, which it's not. Egypt was like a bacchanalian feast. I mean, they were they were very vain, worldly, intelligent, you know, witty kind of people. They were very modern in a lot of ways. And um, I loved writing a brash modern character in this world, which was a lot like her and not a lot like her at the same time. I thought that was – it was just funny. So, you know, it was easy to be funny. Okay. So how did the first book, Slave Girl, come to be published? Like did you sell it in as a series from the start or did you is – it, is it kind of developing as you go? Um, that's a good question. No, I sold it in as a series. I wrote the first book with a thought of it being two or three books, mm-hmm. series, um, and – I basically pitched it to a publisher through a friend of mine who's also, who's also a publisher and she gave it to them to read a couple of chapters and they loved it. So the publisher came straight back to me and I didn't have an agent at this stage, offered me a contract so then I had to go and find an agent that would uh, be able to deal with this. So, you know, it was, it was actually, it was fortuitous, it was lucky and um, it hit, like I said, I think the idea itself, it hits a history angle which is educational, people like that, you know, publishers like that, schools like that. And yet it's funny. So that's, a, that's again, um, it seems easy to sell when things are funny. Yeah, funny's good. I don't think you win awards for funny, let's be honest. But I think you that... might win awards for funny, you never know. There might oh. be a f- whole new funny award at some point. <laughs> I don't, we can I only don't hope. Do, honestly, in Australia, but, uh, but maybe you do. But I, I think funny's easy. I mean, people like funny. Who doesn't want to be entertained, frankly? So, uh, who doesn't? Well, really funny. That's how I write. So, you know, there's no other way for me to do it. All right. So are the Jenna books your first attempts at writing novels or have there been others? I have written adult novels. Oh, my gosh. And they were funny too, funny enough. Uh, I won a Verena HarperCollins Fellowship in 2008, I think it was, maybe 2007, for a book called Shiksa, which I wrote for adults, which was a comedy, which didn't get published in the end, but I did work on it. And I wrote a book called The Journos as well afterwards. So I've written two adult novels and they're both comedies, again. So similar, and I haven't got either of them published. They're just still sitting here and I do need to look at them again. I haven't looked at them for ages. I've been too busy with these books. There you go. Might be time to dust them off. I know, but we've all got those, don't we? Those manuscripts just sitting there thinking, oh, and I've got to fix this and I've got to fix that. And, oh. Yes. Yeah, I'll just concentrate on what I'm doing right now. I think that might work better. Um, so how did you, like, 
is it a difficult transition to go like because your kind of day job is screenwriting for kids so is writing novels a whole different world like is it a difficult transition or does it build on what you already know like how does it work for you that way I get asked that question a lot and it's a, it's a interesting question I don't think it's that different I think story is story and I think um, one of the you know, the undersung crafts, I'd say, of the screenwriters, screenwriters are really good at story. Television writers know that they have to fill, even if it's 22 minutes, you know, that's that's a good 30 to 40 page script. Uh, I write 11 minutes for animation often, and that's about 16 page script. And you've got to have something happening and the story moving forward in every single scene. There's no dead air. There's no time for people to think and stare at a wall. Uh, and that skill that you learn where you know you've got to fill that screen and you've got to get the story moving is so useful for writing Fiction, particularly children's fiction. Uh, children have a shorter attention span than adults, what they're supposed to anyway. And they like a story to move. Um, and when I sit down to write a book, I spend a lot more time by myself than I would when I write television, which is more collaborative. Right, okay. So I go in and plot with a script producer and other writers, for example, plot episodes of TV, and then I go off and write them myself. But when I'm writing a book, I sit and plot it myself, and then I write every single word, and that takes a long time. <laughs> you know, months and months. But I like that too. It's just different. Although the story process is pretty much the same. But getting the story right is always, you know, one of those things that I do before I start writing, every time. So how long does it take you to, like, how, how, for example, let's just, you know, brown ballpark figures, how long does it take you to write a book like Talk Like an Ancient Egyptian? Like, is it is it a year? Is it six months? Is it, like, how long does it from start to finish? Okay, well, say I've already got the idea which I had and I had the characters. That takes that takes a couple of years usually in the background. World building, I call it, coming up with characters and the ideas while I'm writing something else. I'll be mucking around with an idea. But when I sit down to it, then the plotting will probably take me about a month at least. Um, and I'll know the characters and I'll, I'll hear their voices before I start plotting. I'll have to know who they are, kind of what they want, where I'm going, and then I'll plot. Plotting takes me at least a month, maybe more. And then the actual writing, that will be six months, I'd say, even seven or eight, depending on how slow I am and what else I'm doing, if I'm, how much I'm working yeah. around it. And I just try to write a thousand words every time I sit down. It doesn't always happen. But I try to write, you know, if I sit down five days a week, I should get 5,000 words out of that week. Uh, and other people write faster than me. But I must say, I don't need to revise as much because my plot's quite in set. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, you, so you do the work up front rather than redrafting and redrafting and redrafting like other writers do. Like everybody works in different ways. And I think that's the most interesting thing about talking to a whole range of different writers is you realise that there is not one way to do this. It's about finding the right way for you. Well, I felt bad for a long time because I do redraft a couple of times, but I don't do it. Other people talk about 20 drafts. That doesn't happen for me. By the time I've got to the story and I'm writing it, it, it has to be pretty well locked down. I can change things. Things alter somewhat, but the overall thrust should be the same. And, and this is probably because this is how I write television. Television, yeah. no time to redraft and redraft and redraft. You yeah. get two drafts. Uh, you get a scene breakdown, which is a kind of bang, 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 this happens, this happens. The first draft, the second draft, and that's it. You're out because it's oh, got to go on television. So you... You know, you have a certain amount of time, a couple of weeks to do it. So that's just how I know how to write. I think that's how I learnt. And um, in a way, I think it'd be nice to sit down and write a sprawling novel and have to go back and fix it, but I'm not sure how to do that. How, what do, you, how do you just start writing about nothing? I don't know how to do that. <laughs> well, know, that's, that's, that's yeah. writing. Like, I'm not like a writer like that. I'm... I'm you know, I guess I'm a bit obsessive-compulsive and I need a plan. No, that, I mean, look, it's it's an interesting thing because, you know, I have writer friends who have spreadsheets and who, you know, like will will plot out every single, you know, paragraph practically before they even begin to to write and then I've got others who will start with a first sentence and 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 come up with 90,000 words based on that um but that's I guess that's you know points to what I was saying like I think it's a matter of working out what works 
best for you. Um, and sometimes that takes a few books to, to even get to the to the thrust of, doesn't it? Like it's how, how you write and how you work. I, look, I wish I could just sit down and do that. It seems, gosh, it seems awfully artistic and kind of cool. But I, I'm just not <laughs> like, I don't need the spreadsheet, but I need one page with points on it. And I know where I'm going. Doesn't it sound great though? Because you could just wander. But I'm not like that, you know. I'm pretty neat in life. I like things to be organised. I like things a certain way. And, you know, I'm the same with my books. So one day I might try it. Well, that'll be an interesting experiment. <laughs> when you hit the blank page and you stare at it, you think, what am I going to do next? Like, that's, I don't know how people do that. What happens next? I'd be, oh, my God, what happens? What happens? Oh, my God, I don't know. <laughs> well, so I can go, oh, yeah, I know what happens next. Yeah, that's right. That works. Yeah. All right, so you know you're writing. You know you like funny. Your writing's very bright, and um, you've said even your adult novels were funny. Um, and yet you have on your website that you have a thing for maudlin pop music. So I'm wondering, is there like a deep dark adult novel in there waiting to get out? Do you think or not? Probably not. I mean, I think people overestimate how funny people who write comedy and who write funny things are. In real life, I'm not that funny. I would not say I'm quite sarcastic. I'm probably a little bit, you know self-deprecating, you know, with my, you know, the typical writer's ego, fragile and massive. <laughs> but I don't think I'm actually that funny. I don't think, you know, even my adult novels, they're funny. They're, they're dark. Some of them are a bit dark funny, but no, not really. I don't think, I don't think I'm a Jonathan Franzen, dude. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> I just don't think it's in me. I wish it was, but uh, I'm not that person, you know? Okay. All right, so, you know, you're in a pretty crowded market there. Like, children's book world is a fairly, you know, populous spot. How do you stand out? Like, are you, is, is a platform important? Like, what, what sorts of, I mean, how do you, you know, how do you put your head above the pack? You know, I spent a long time thinking about this. I'm not even sure really what platform means in terms of children's fiction. I think that's kind of a non-fiction thing. Um, the history has helped because it's specific and it's educational. And that's just lucky because I wanted to write the history. It wasn't something I thought about in that kind of, um, in any sense of marketing or branding. I really think, and this is going to sound like um, you know, I'm being very sentimental, but I really think you have to just write the best book you can write. That's all you can do when it comes to fiction. Yeah. You can think about what's the great idea and what might sell, but a good book sells. You know, in the end, if it's really good, it will. I think it will sell. I yeah, do believe yeah. that, actually, and I think you'll find your, your your market. And I know everyone says that, but I don't see any other way. I mean, because if I really wanted to hit the market, I'd be thinking about writing, gosh, in a very slow, emotional teenage novel or, you know, lots of different things that I can't write. It's just not in me. Vampires, for example. Well, yeah, but I think they're past now. I think I think we'd want something more realistic and gritty, and, and I don't think I'm that writer either. So um, just write well. Just make it so that you would want to read it. That, that's, the, that's the only advice I have. I mean, you tell me, a platforms for a fiction writer, I don't know that that's so important as platforms for a non-fiction writer. Ah, uh, look, that, I mean, for, you know, that's a conversation that will, will, would take an entire hour of podcast that's in okay. itself. But it's very true. Like, I mean, it is easier, not easier, it is when you have a specific topic um, and, and you are an expert in that topic and you can speak regularly on that topic and you can do all those sorts of things, then, yes, a platform is a much more obvious thing. For fiction writers, it is much more difficult. I think what fiction writers are trying to do is build word of mouth and that's, exactly. you know, that's a, a very amorphous, you know, being. So, um, but, yeah, as I said, that's a we, – we would need to – we would need two hours to have that conversation. Um, so anyway, all right. So let's on the subject of let's write the best book, possible book we can. Have you got three top tips for anyone who wants to write, you know, for children, for tweens, for teens, you know, that sort of area? Yes. Uh, first would be think about your characters, obviously, but your story. Don't underestimate 
the power of something happening. It doesn't just have to be plot, 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 but, you know, it, it's all very well to have characters sitting around, but you need to think about how they, re- they reveal themselves through what they do. Right. Drama, character is action. You're talking about drama here. Drama is vital to any good story, and I think particularly for the middle grade, the upper middle grade, the teens, you want to be thinking about drama and, and um, things happening, you know. Secondly, for twi- teens and tweens, I think um, there's a real, you know, you have to have an ability to remember what it was like at that age yeah. and how you felt. Uh, you know, some people, I think people gravitate towards a certain age. I'm not sure why. Maybe emotionally, everyone says this, but, you know, I'm 12 years old or what the, but you, you, you find where your sweet spot is and um, you've got to try and remember that age. If you can't remember what it felt like to be like that, what the challenges were, and take those challenges seriously instead of mocking them. It's easy to do that with a 13-year-old girl, for example. Mm. You can't really write for that age group, I would suggest. Mm. And uh, the last thing would be just to, you know, and this is what all writers will tell you, you just sit down and write. There's nothing glamorous about it. You, know, you sit there with your cups of tea, staring at the computer, just moaning some days, but just make yourself do it. Just force yourself through it. Sometimes it really sucks and it's no fun, but you've just got to do it. You want to finish the book, finish the book. True words are never spoken. Finish the book is my favourite favorite line for anyone who says to me, you know, I really want to be a writer. I'm like, well, finish the book. That's, That's right. It do. doesn't matter how you do it, you know. Cartwheels if you need to. It doesn't matter. Just do it. I don't care, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today, Alexa. Where can our listeners find out more about you and your books? Uh, go to my website at www.alexamoses.com um, and you can buy it at any good bookstore for my books at the moment. Fantastic. All right. Thank you so much. Um, I'll talk to you later. Thank you, Alison. I hope you enjoyed the interview. I'm Alison Tate, also known as A.L. Tate, and I'm the internationally published best-selling author of two epic adventure series for kids aged nine plus. There are four books in the Mapmaker Chronicles series, Race to the End of the World, Prisoner of the Black Hawk, Breath of the Dragon, and Beyond the Edge of the Map, and two in my latest series, The Adaban Cipher, The Book of Secrets, and The Book of Answers. Find out more about me and my books at alisontait.com. That's A-L-L-I-S-O-N-T-A-I-T dot com. This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre, a world leader in writing courses. If you'd like to write fiction for kids and teens, our five-week online course, How to Write for Children and Young Adults, will help you get there faster. Find your voice, create characters, dialogue and plots to fit your age group and write compelling stories that young readers will love, all in a couple of hours a week. You'll also enjoy the convenience of learning from anywhere and get your very own tutor providing personal feedback on your writing. Find out more at writerscentre.com.au slash children's author. Finish the book. That's the important thing. Yes, how many times have you heard Alison say that? But Alexa is completely right. If you want to finish the book, you just have to sit down and do it. Some days are easier than others and some are downright painful. Some are a great joy, but just do it. I found it interesting how intensely Alexa plots her novels. We have a pretty good mix of plotters and pantsers in this series, but I'm not sure I've heard anyone say they spent a whole month just on plotting. For Alexa, it makes the writing easier rather than staring at a blank page and wondering what's going to happen next. It also means she doesn't have to revise as much, which could be good for those of you who don't love editing. 
Thanks for listening to Magic and Mayhem. We hope you've been enjoying this podcast. If you want to find your own writing community, check us out at writercenter.com.au and sign up for the weekly newsletter, which will have awesome tips and ideas and competitions and lots of opportunities for you. That's at writercenter.com.au.